Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Good morning, afternoon, and or evening, listeners, and welcome to episode three of Brews and Bruins. I am your least favorite host, Cam Hasbrook, alongside <laughs> the lovely Drew Johnson and America's newest cowboy, Chris Gear. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to send it right over to you. Uh, you can tell the fans about your uh, experience in the Lone Star State. Well, yeah, let's start with I'm drinking a big wave from Kona because that's what's in the fridge. Uh, chill time. Twitter is at GearOTC. Um yeah, just got back from Texas, uh, Cowboy Con. Uh, man, what a time. Uh, yeehaw. Uh, I was waist deep in chaps. Um, <laughs> just killing it. Um, yeah, San Antonio, review on that city is it's fine. Uh, Austin, great city. So at San Antonio, fine is in like, eh, fine, or like, hey, that's fine. Like. <laughs> Like, it's it's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I figured, but I just wanted to clarify. I had vastly different, different experiences uh, between this time I went to San Antonio and the last time I was in San Antonio. Uh, this time I was at my friend's house who just had a baby, and so they were doing just, like, baby stuff the whole time, <laughs> and it was pretty quiet. Uh, last time I was in San Antonio, we were celebrating the villanova national championship victory in 2018 so much wilder Mm. well i'm glad it was fun cowboy con uh i'm drew johnson um i like the bruins and i like beer which is why we do this it's also why i picked up some oh he did oh baby there from harpoon big moment for the podcast chris wagner I haven't tried it yet. Drum roll, please. Wow. I feel like going and tossing a couple body checks right now. That's pretty good. Ooh. Wagner style. Yeah. Oh, Twitter. Doob schmoob. D-O-O-B-S-H-M-O-O-B. Sorry, I got too excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drew's the one who always gets on us for not uh, putting down the yeah. the Twitter name. but <laughs> At Bruce and Bruins. Yeah, I still think we need an explanation of that handle, but I know we're trying to keep this episode a little shorter today, so yeah. we'll just yeah. tease that we'll one tease once it, again. Yeah, episode four or five or seven or twenty-three <laughs> or twelve. You know, <laughs> who's to say? Got to keep them guessing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter at Cam Hasbrook. Uh, today, I took a little page out of Drew's book from last week. I'm drinking a Corona. Woo. I, unfortunately, I'm not on a beach. Quite the opposite. It was kind of cold in uh, in Maryland this week, but it's very uh, cold here. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I really can't it's complain. 24 wind chill, 15 today. So Chris is like, "Oh, I'm chilly. It got down to 65 today." It was a balmy 68 in San Diego. Today. <laughs> All right, so I actually underestimated while trying to exaggerate. So there you go. All right, well, let's get down to it. A good week of hockey for the Bruins, coming out three and zero. 
Starting off with Saturday's 4-1 revenge victory over the Detroit Red Wings. Who wants to start us off on that one? I'll start because I didn't watch this game. Um, <laughs> that, that's perfect. perfect. So I'll, uh, I'll lead us off. Uh, they didn't quite hit that 7 nothing prediction that I was, that I was going for. But, um, yeah, stop predicting scores of hockey games. That's uh, stupid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, to go off of that, that was a great intro to that game. <laughs> um yeah, it kind of feels like forever ago now, but I recall it being a very good game, obviously, with the uh, 4-1 to win. Um, and, yeah, definitely put that loss in the rearview mirror for sure uh, to them the, the week before. That was, uh, I wouldn't say devastating, but uh, definitely we thought, and I feel like the whole Bruins community thought that would have been a W. So it's nice to see that they got one against Detroit. Um yeah, just overall, it was it was a good game. The Bruins seemed to be in control almost the entire time. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I got on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Once again, I think you got to give Jonathan Bernier credit in that four to one loss. Thirty seven saves again. He's been standing on his head against the Bruins. At least I haven't really watched too much of his stuff. Uh, you know, elsewhere with Detroit, no, but even even outside of that, he's been pretty good over the past couple of months. Yeah, which I think really is a testament because. You have a team that's as bad as the Red Wings and a goaltender that still is playing that well. Just being able to stay locked in. I mean, last week we talked about how so much of goaltending is not just the talent, but also just the mentality that you approach it with. And it's got to be difficult going out there in the crease and know you're going to be pounded with 40 shots a night and going out there to make, you know, 37 of them, or I guess it was 41 on that one since they scored four. But, you know, just going out there and, and... Competing like that on a nightly or weekly basis with a team that bad is is pretty impressive. Uh, my only other note on this game was Charlie McAvoy getting another one. Yep, uh, he's really starting to pick it up offensively. I'm a little upset because I had a note in our show notes for last week that was trying to remind me for uh, takes on the table. I was doing some research into McAvoy. Uh, obviously, the scoring drought this season. Last season, after the All Star break, so. Not technically the second half of the season, but pretty much what everybody thinks of as the second half. He had six goals in his second half of the season, and after he buried his first one, I swear this is true, I wanted to make a prediction that he's going to hit six in the second half again. And now he's up to like three already, and I think nobody's going to believe me, but I just want to throw it out there. (laughs) (laughs) It it was real, so believe me if you'd like, if not, (laughs) whatever. But (laughs) McAvoy is heating up. This is why you don't panic on, on guys like McAvoy. Like, he's... He's an incredible defenseman, and he's been involved offensively the whole year. And, you know, sometimes they just don't go in. Yeah, the one other thing I was going to say about that game was the uh, shorthanded goal for Detroit. Uh, Helm got it uh, in the first period. I think the Bruins played great up until that, and then they were a little shaky after going into the uh, intermission, but then they got right back on track. As you said, McAvoy scored uh, the opening goal in the second. That shorthanded goal was really... I feel like the only big mistake, and it was it was a miscue between I believe it was Tory Krug and Pasternak. The pass was intercepted, and then Helm had a had a breakaway or at least a half breakaway. So um, overall, a very clean game minus that one hiccup. Basically, Detroit just capitalized on one of their maybe four or five very opportunistic uh, chances, whereas the Bruins buried every single one of theirs. Certainly, and then uh, McAvoy continuing it in the Sunday 3-1 to victory 
be against the New York Rangers. Uh, once again, him just keeping it up. He talked about, you know, he grew up on Long Island. I don't know, on Long Island? People say on Long Island. I feel like it's it's, just, it's on if you're from there, if you're anywhere that's else. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I got roommates from Long Island. They always say on Long Island. I'm like, no, you're in Long Island. Well, in, but, New, York, you know, in New York, they say they're online instead of in line. And I know you're from New York, Cam. So what do you say? With regards to, to like what? Like being in line at, like, I don't know, for the Oh, bathroom. no, 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 no. If you're no, standing you're in, in line. the queue. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't associate with the New York City folk. Okay. We're like two separate areas between the upstaters, such as myself, and the uh, and the city folk. I if if somebody said they were online or told me to get online, I'd probably hit them. But I probably just um, grab my computer. Big, big New Jersey thing too. It's uh, yeah. Oh, New Jersey. I have different thoughts about that, but we don't need to get into that right now. Yeah, not enough <laughs> uh, time for that. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, but anyway, cool to see McAvoy Barry won at MSG. Grew up a Rangers fan. Uh, I believe this was his fifth time playing. Uh, at the Gardens, so cool to see him finally bury one, and uh, you know, we already talked about him picking up his stride, but overall, I think a, a pretty solid win for the Bruins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to beat the team that you're trying to trade with. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, once again, like it was against Detroit, overall, the Bruins just had control of that game. Um, which it feels like they've had control over nearly every game they've played. Uh, what are they, like, is it 10 wins in 11 games or something? Or? Yeah, I believe so, 10 of 11. So, yeah, I mean, they're just on a roll. Um, Sabinajad with the only goal on the power play. Um, Coyle, Great for my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was tweet. I, I mean, I was tweeting on the Bruins and Bruins account, uh, calling him uh, Mika, big eyes, Sabinajad. I don't know why I couldn't <laughs> get off of that. There's, like, one replay in slow motion of him celebrating or something. And his eyes were just so wide, and I was like, ah, oh, he, has, he has some big eyes, man. Um, but yeah, like I said, just overall, uh, very clean game for the Bruins. Coil with the shorthanded goal in that one. Yeah, that made the uh, made for the season sweep of the Rangers this season. Uh, that was their third time matching up, and obviously the Bruins won all three. Also, Patrice Bergeron, four goals in two games against the Rangers this season for St. Patrice. I guess he didn't Saint play in one of them. Patrice. He missed uh, one of them. I'm not exactly sure which one he missed because my memory is not that solid. But He was uh, out early in the season, so I'm guessing the first one. Probably, yeah. I think it was back in October, so that would that would make October. sense. Yeah. That was a 7-4 to four game. Wow. Kinda, kinda yeah, Mika Zibanejad, also very effective in that game. Yep. There you go. So you want to move on to uh, Wednesday's OT thriller? Uh, before we yeah. do, I got one thing that I realized. The uh, alcohol by volume content is 5.14% for Wagner. Oh, nice. They like, narrowed nice. it down to that exact. So I think that's pretty Yeah, cool. I'm guessing it's exactly that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> A little wiggle room. It's like one or two, you know, 5.1 or two. <laughs> Another little aside there. Uh I was at a bar in Austin on Monday, and they had truly listed the cider on their menu, and they had all the alcohol by volume on there. And for some reason, truly was listed uh, to 5.00 to 12 decimal places. Uh, there must be yeah, I don't, some inside joke at that establishment or did, something. Did not understand <laughs> it. Also, uh, didn't know it was made in Boston, uh, but according to this Truly one bar, says. it was made in Boston. So, Or maybe that just that blend or something? 
Yeah, maybe maybe the one. I don't one think Trulies in general is. I don't know. I don't drink Trulies. It, just, it was it was uh, made in a lab at MIT uh, <laughs> to get strawberries it to that grown from twelve uh, <laughs> twelve decimal these. places exactly five uh, percent alcohol. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Uh, all right, so yeah, a uh, two to one overtime victory against the Connor McDavid list. Detroit or Detroit Edmonton Oilers. Sorry, falling back. <laughs> wow, Connor McDavid to Detroit. Big deadline deal. <laughs> to be fair, he also Big does not true. play for Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, David Pasternak just showing his brilliance for precisely the forty-third time this season when it comes to scoring goals, uh, keeping him on pace with Austin Matthews. Uh, Patrice Bergeron extending his point streak to six games. Just that first line once again carrying the team when they need him most. Yeah, uh, I went to trivia in the middle of this game. I watched like the first ten-ish minutes, and trivia was so quick that I got back in time to watch like the last fifteen minutes of wow. uh, regulation and overtime. So that was fun. You saw uh, about the see... best parts of the game. <laughs> yeah, so I, I got like the whole thing. I got like I got uh, Joakim Nordson or Joakim Nordson. Uh, is that? We're going Yoakim. I say you're both. I don't know. Yoki. Yeah. Oh, so you uh, literally saw all the goals then? If you saw the first yeah, ten minutes, yeah. Um, and yeah, I I got to see that sick David Krejci pass that uh, opened up everything, and the whiff by Kyler Yamamoto. Kyler Yamamoto. I another name I don't Yamamoto. Really that would be a great name for like a car uh, manufacturer. Yamamoto. I would Motor? probably buy theirs. Yeah. That was yeah. an awful <laughs> joke. But um Yeah, okay. Uh moving on. Uh yeah, Leon Drysaddle had basically a wide open net and Yamamoto just kinda bobbled the puck, I guess, and just didn't get a pass to him on the other side of the ice and then uh Bruins turned that around. Krejci immediately got the puck to a streaking David Pasternak, who made no mistake and made Mike Smith look like an absolute fool. And that's, I mean, that's just what he does. So that was cool. Uh, the Patrice Bergeron goal, I don't know, you don't see him, like he's a he's a skilled player, but you don't see him make like sick deeks like Brad Marchand does. And that goal in the first period was kind of of the ilk of Brad Marchand where he just absolutely undressed Mike Smith. And for for a goalie who only gave up two goals in the game, Mike Smith managed to look like a fool a couple of times. <sighs> Definitely. Yeah, you said it. I think uh, you know, you know what you're getting out of Patrice Bergeron. It's constant production and skill, but it's not as flashy as, you know, his line mates, which to be fair are some of the flashier players in the NHL. Um, but that first goal was definitely something special and then uh, Chris, you mentioned it beforehand, but obviously Poster not getting a lot of credit for the overtime winner, but that feed from David Krejci was just unreal. Just absolutely threading the needle across the ice and setting up uh, Poster knock with a clean breakaway. In the air. In, In the, the air. air. Um, well, yeah, the one thing I'll say about this game, well, I guess I'll say a few things. First of all, as I've said for each of the games, and probably last episode too, they seem to be in full control of the Bruins for... Most of it, uh, even though Edmonton, you know, I mean, it was a one-goal game after, uh, throughout the second period, but I still felt as though the Bruins had pretty much full control of that game, even though whenever the puck was on a uh, dry stick or dry stool or I don't know what to call him still, 
Um, when, it's dry sidle. Dry sidle. Okay. <laughs> when it was on his stick, I, I felt nervous every time. Uh, two statistics are popping out to me, and I didn't realize this until I actually looked it up on uh, NHL.com. Uh, Bruins thirty-eight percent in the face-off dot, and zero for seven on the power play. Um, Hmm. which was interesting considering how hot they've been on the power play. Uh, but on a high note, uh, Edmonton was just one for six on the power play. So the PK came up big. And I feel like that's just been a uh, a trend lately in these uh, last, I guess, ten wins um, is that the PK has just been basically standing on their head. And uh, I think that's a huge uh, reason why the Bruins are kind of on this hot run. Brandon Carlo. Carlo, Carlo, Carlo. I'm actually not sure which surprises me more with how strong their power play has been. The fact that they did go over, or the fact that they were that low in the faceoff dot, because usually they're a pretty solid faceoff team. Obviously, Patrice Bergeron is yeah. the the creme de la creme of of uh, faceoff guys. So that I'm not sure which one of those surprises me more, actually. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's even worse than that. I don't know for sure because I only saw this on Twitter and I didn't actually verify it for myself because, you know, I'm not a journalist or anything. <laughs> um, but I think they're over their last 16 on the power play. I think it's because... Really? Yeah, I think, it's, I think I know exactly why this might be my fault. So I wrote an article this week about the top three Bruins defensemen uh, this season as far as play has gone. And I had Tori Krug at number three and... One of the Twitter trolls came at me real hard th- saying that Krug should be lower and stuff like that. Which, uh, first of all, I didn't think that putting him at number three is, like, that high of praise. It's like, uh, saying you've been the third best defenseman on your team is, like, <laughs> it's not saying that much. But one Did of the arguments McAvoy, I made... Carlo, Krug, Chara? Yeah, I went, I went actually Carlo won. Um, okay. Just because I think he's been stellar I th- I this year. I think that's a good choice, though. Honestly, his In terms his of lockdown defensive ability, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, he's actually had quite a good boost in production this season compared to what we've seen in, in the past. Obviously, he's not going to produce at the same level as Krug or probably McAvoy by the end of the season. No, um, it's, it's more to scale with his previous season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to you know to have that even little extra uh, production boost is big for him. But, uh, yeah, this guy, I, one of the arguments I had for putting Krug at number three was that he was quarterbacking the highest scoring power play in the league. And then since then, they've been dog shit on the power play. So that might be my fault. <laughs> Ruined it. So I'll have to go apologize to Twitter or on Twitter to, you know, this guy or something. Oh, but I don't think Twitter deserves an apology. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. He started arguing me about plus minus afterwards, so I was like, "All right, this is just not happening." I right saw now. that. I was about to jump in, but then I like my friend came up and was talking to me, so I'm like, "Crap, I can't like put together a like eloquent tweet to like <laughs> talk about plus minus." I know a conversation is over on Twitter as soon as somebody brings up either plus minus or goalie wins. Goalie yep. wins. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That yep. Goalie wins is great to boast about when you're trying to back Tuca, but otherwise. Not a great set. Also, one more thing before we move on uh, is that the for in terms of that faceoff percentage for the team being thirty eight, um, Coil with fifty. It doesn't tell me how many they took on this stat sheet, so take it with a grain of salt. But Coil with fifty, Wagner with fifty. I assume he took like one or two. Um, DeBrusque with a hundred, assuming he took one, and then Bergie with thirty eight, Krejci with twenty, and Corrali with forty three percent. 
So kind of the guys that you would expect to be winning those faceoffs didn't, but yeah, hockey, yeah, faceoffs are weird. kind of random too. No, exactly. So yeah, no, it's another there's thing. A lot where, of variables in there. Like the best in the world get like fifty-eight percent of faceoffs. Yeah, face-offs, exactly. So. Yeah. It's not something no, I put just, a ton of stock in. It was just something in. that was, I just found interesting. That, like, also, a few years Christian. ago, there was like a study that came out that sh- showed that winning faceoffs isn't really that important. Yeah, unless it's no. like lo- in the offensive zone, like or it's on like a power play, the last like thirty seconds of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think really the only time is pretty much what you said: either power plays, but like special teams and or the last couple seconds, or I guess overtime I would too, especially with three-on-three now. Overtime possession, But your standard five-on-five hockey, you know, you get a neutral zone face-off, it really doesn't mean that much. Yeah, the the puck's being turned over three times in the next 30 seconds, so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, All right, let's push forward to some takes on the table. Anybody want to start us off with some jumbo takes? All right, that's it. All right, that's all for me, guys. (laughs) I'll start with some, uh, so Joe Thornton, has been rumored. I think, I mean, he's been rumored for like a little bit, but he's been in the background. Kreider's been there for like 17 years. But um, uh, I think uh, since Toffoli got taken off the table, um, the, I've just seen all these articles pop up about Joe Thornton. Um, for me, a little on the fence. It really depends on the price, which it does in every trade. I don't think Joe Thornton will fill the void on the second line. That is what the Bruins would be going for with a Toffoli or a Kreider. So it's not a necessity. As a hockey romantic, so to speak, Jumbo Joe coming back home, (laughs) winning a cup, that would be awesome. I think it would be basically what he would bring is like a third line presence. I don't even know where he's playing on uh san jose right now but third line presence if you can like get rid of back or something for him like like I, it's not really i don't think it's viable um but unless it's like i don't know very cheap like maybe like a third round pick in like back with half his contract then <laughs> no <laughs> this would be like a gianta style ad right now uh and <laughs> talking joe thornton on the second line I'm imagining, like, David Krejci and Joe Thornton passing the puck, like, 16 times on one possession, and then <laughs> Jake DeBrusque has to finish it. <laughs> like, who's, who's shooting the puck on net on that line? Yeah, no, I don't, I, he would definitely not fill the void on that second line at all. So I think that's, like, one of those things, like, I don't know, two hours before the deadline, and Sweeney's like, Fuck, I gotta do something. Like But I don't I don't think he's gonna like, you know, do something last second just to make a move as but we talked about that in episode two. Yeah, definitely. I think you guys would agree that this is the type of rumor that only exists because obviously he was the former captain of this team. Um if there's you know, if he started his career elsewhere, I don't think anybody's thinking about Joe Thornton and the Bruins at all. Um I would definitely be surprised if it happened. I guess I won't completely rule it out because, I don't know, I'm sure if I do, then it'll happen. But uh, I would be pretty shocked if Jumbo Joe made his return uh, to Boston. So while we're talking trades, let's talk real trades. Um, Which of the recent trades made you the most worried either about another team getting better or the price that the Bruins are going to have to pay to get somebody good? Zucker. 
which side of that was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think it was the price tag. Well, I mean, I don't know much about Zucker, but what I know from him from pre- playing EA Sports NHL for the past 10 years <laughs> is that he's not a great player, which is not a good basis to judge a player on. But uh, he's is not. it that he's not good or you're not good, Drew? Yeah, that's true. But um, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't know the player that well, but I don't think he's quite a crider. Uh, but so at that price tag, that concerned me a bit. I kind of liked the Toffoli deal um, because it it didn't involve a first. I'm 99% sure it did not involve a first. No, it, was it a did second, not. Second and a fourth? Yeah, second fourth uh tyler madden was the prospect um that Tim that gave me some hope uh because the where vancouver is right now in the standings they're likely a playoff team and their pick won't be that great so if a team like the rangers saw that in the bruins for Kreider, they might take a decent prospect uh instead of a first round pick so it's i don't know i think that's a little more options for boston but yeah that zucker deal uh, had me scratching my head a little bit but what about you? i actually yeah, think... I mean like i don't know about galchenyuk at this point uh I, I think he might just be one of those guys that keeps kind of making his way around the league because he had one 30 goal season and just hasn't really been useful in any other season um but i do like kalen addison as a as a prospect and also that first round pick move so yeah that's that's a pretty hefty price for a, a guy like Jason Zucker is not necessarily known as being one of the most prolific scorers, but I don't yeah. know, you put a guy on Sidney Crosby's line and he, he'll probably score 30 goals in the next 10 games or whatever. And a first was involved for Zucker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I actually thought that the Kings made out pretty well on the Toffoli trade. I don't want to say it was super expensive, but I feel like Obviously, again, they didn't give up the first rounder, which is ideal. But Tim Schaller, not that big of a deal. But I've heard some really, obviously, you never know with, with kids in college, but I've heard some really good things about Tyler Madden from some friends and stuff who have watched him. And a second-round pick, I hear Madden's pretty small, but just loads of talent. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I watched some highlights after after this trade, and he <laughs> looks like he's pretty good. Yeah, look at yeah, the, uh, That's what I've heard. The, the Bruins... The Bruins have some guys like in that range of prospect. Like he's not a he's not like a top twenty prospect in the league or anything like that. And mm-hmm. the Bruins have some guys that are in his kind of area. But I mean, that is a, a guy. Like you're giving up a potential a real scorer. player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I should clarify when I say he's small. I mean he's like not beefy. He's not short by any means from what I've from what I've seen. But um, yeah, I had a buddy at the Bean Pot who said he was one of the most impressive guys there. So, uh, granted, that's only a, a series of games, um, but from what I've heard about him, that's not just a throw-in random prospect who you know they're hoping is going to turn into something. He's got serious potential. Yeah, uh, as someone who read about college hockey, NCAA hockey for the hockey writers for a little bit when I was there, um, he is actually a really good prospect, and I was. Um, when I saw that trade, I was a little surprised Vancouver was willing to part with him. But at the same time, like seeing where they are in the standings and that they are potentially going to be a higher seed in the uh, in the West, obviously. It's very close in the West, but uh, 
seeing as though they're going to basically be looking for a cup push, I understood it a bit more. Um, but having it, definitely, if you don't watch college hockey that much, Nesson on Bruins off nights put a lot of games out there, especially like New England based teams. So whether it's like Northeastern against Providence or Maine or something, because they, they cover all of New England, they'll do that. Uh, definitely check it out. It's great hockey, but I've seen Tyler Madden a few times in those games, and he is he is definitely talented. Yeah, the thing and is so, that Toffoli is a, is a rental at this point. His contract's over after this season, so you get him for another year, I would understand a little bit more, but it's a, a bit of a high price, I think, for a rental. But I mean, we'll yeah, Z- Zucker has an extra year, I believe. I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. Double yeah. check, but I think uh, so. The one it depends on Vancouver's cap situation too. But go ahead, Chris. Uh, so, so the one that kind of makes me nervous from a contention perspective is the Tampa Bay Lightning acquiring Blake Coleman. Certainly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the he's a guy kind of in that Kreider mold. He throws the body around a lot, and he basically just scores goals. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's one of those things where he was kind of in an elevated opportunity because he was on a bad New Jersey Devils team. And then he goes to an obviously very talented Tampa Bay lightning team. And maybe he's pushed down the depth chart a little bit. Doesn't really have that much ice time. Doesn't get the power play ice time to give them that depth scoring. Uh, Maybe he isn't, it just isn't as effective. Um, But I think he's another guy who came with an extra year of control. And, uh, I mean, they, they paid for him. Nolan Foote's a pretty good prospect, and it's a first-round pick as well. So, I don't know. Th- these are the types of guys who are, who are making their way around the league, and it's the same kind of player that the Bruins are looking for. Yeah. Oh, by the way, on Vancouver's uh, cap situation, they have $9.375 million next season, it looks like, in space. Um, if I'm reading this correctly, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Toffoli is possibly a rental considering, I don't know them that well, but they have a few RFAs, actually more than a few RFAs to resign. So yeah, Toffoli's another rental. All right. Any other, uh, <clears throat> trade buzz we want to address here? I think I, I do agree with you, Chris. That was definitely from a contention standpoint, especially with how well Tampa's been playing lately. I mean, with the way the Bruins have been playing, pretty much winning every game, and the fact that Tampa is still making up ground on them as they are is concerning. And then adding a guy like Coleman, who, again, a lot of people thought could have slid in very well with the Bruins. I, again, I think it's going to make a lot of people upset, especially on the rabid Twitterverse, but um, I don't know if this was the exact trade that I tweeted about this week, but I tagged you into Chris pretty much saying what you said on the podcast. Don't take these things too seriously on either side they're not as good as they seem they're not as bad as they seem kind of let it go so but yeah also if you are a Bruins fan uh pay attention I hope you are because you're listening to this but pay attention to all of these previous trades that have happened look at what the prices are because there is going to be an inevitable overreaction to whatever the price the Bruins pay for whoever they get and it's happened in the past. This is what it costs to get guys in the middle of the season. It's Teams know who's squeezing, who's trying to make that run, who's trying to double down and get into the Stanley Cup final, try and win a Stanley Cup. Uh, so the, the, they know what the price is, and they're not going to give up players for nothing. Yeah, certainly. Like you said, this is, a, this is the type of deal that I think... It's funny because you're... you're 
getting them for less time than you would have if you had, you know, made a deal over the summer. But I think you're right. I don't think it's like the price is going down at all because of that. I think, you know, like you said, teams are aware of which teams are willing to pay a lot and, you know, how much they're willing to pay based on whether in the standings and things like that. Um, and so you can kind of negotiate with that extra bit of knowledge on your plate and squeeze a little bit more out of it. Yeah, I think these certainly uh, last season and this season, the prices have gone way up for these guys who are, um, yeah, basically just rentals. Uh, I'm almost surprised by it, but um, yeah, I, I got nothing more <laughs> on trades personally. All right, then, let's take a look at the week ahead, heading out for a... Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Chris whoa, didn't whoa. get to say his bit. Oh, I will add mm-hmm. one. Uh, go ahead on the trades. I will add one thing before we go to Rika. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, we can skip Krejci. We'll push Krejci oh, to, to no, another no, no, time no, no, again. No, no. We, we got some time for Krejci. <laughs> we, we do have some time for Krejci. All right, we, we got time? We got, we got time? time. Yeah, we got time. yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, Give set the, the timer for want. Set the timer for one hour. Uh... <laughs> Okay, we'll so be gone I, by then. <laughs> I, I think just this this year especially has been a, a good time to just like sit back and appreciate David Krejci and how I think he's like 33, 34 at this point. Uh, just still killing it out there. Maybe oh. maybe 32. I don't know. I think, he's, no, he's, no, he's about Bergeron's age, I believe. Um, and I mean, he's just been very steadily the same guy. And for somebody who has, I guess, long in Bruins fans' eyes, been considered a durability risk, he's been fairly durable over the past few years. Just a reliable, just steady piece on that second line. He's been holding down the second line basically by himself for like a decade. Um, And I know people like to romanticize about the Stanley Cup year and that that Lucic Horton line, but uh, I don't think either of those players was ever as good as Bruins fans thought they were. Um, and he's been a very solid two way forward, just incredible to watch with the puck in his hands. He's just elite at keeping the puck away from guys, um, and he's also a top of the table passer when it comes to feeding guys uh, creating passes that don't look like they exist when there are no passing lanes um like we saw this week yeah and and he's i don't know if you, if you look to compare him to to guys I, I think a really good comparison would be nick backstrom a guy who also doesn't score that much but is known for distributing the puck and i think nick backstrom has long been elevated over david Krejci, but you look at David. Uh, you look at Nick Backstrom and who he's gotten to play with for most of his career. He's had perhaps the greatest goal scorer of all time, if not on his direct wing. He's been on that power play with him and been feeding him the puck for all these years. And Krejci, for a lot of the last few years, especially, has been asked to hold down that second power play unit rather than get to feast off of the other first line guys. And I think that's it, it just it's good to like appreciate a guy like that when I feel like he's just been really underappreciated for the past I don't know 5 years when you look at his contract and you say why is this guy making over 7 million dollars it's cuz he's very good yeah no for sure I think uh especially that point on the power play the only time I've 
seen him on the first power play unit is when he's playing the point. I think that's really the only time. And uh, I think that was – I don't really think that's happened this season too, too much. Um, I think it's No, there was, been... there was a time a few years back yeah. when I was very frustrated about uh, Claude Julien not really playing Brad Marchand on the power play. And I think at that time, Krejci was on the first power play unit kind of playing that half-wall position mm-hmm. that Marchand plays. Um, but, I mean – can't argue with how well he's played on that second power play unit um and this second power play unit especially has been really good in comparison to years past because you got guys like coil on there unless you're shifting him up on that first power play sometimes but eh, and a rant i think i think it when it comes to his durability um i think that i I think there are certainly players who are more durable than others but i don't think it's necessarily, you know, as big as a de- of a deal as people make. I don't think it's like, you know, like his bones are made of glass. Like he gets injured every season. Like he can't even handle a hit. Like that's the over. Doesn't have enough grit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when when Krejci throws a hit, you know, the game is physical. <laughs> but um, I think I, I was kind of looking back right now at his his games played. Um, when he had Lucic on his line, he had nearly full seasons those years. Uh, and without him a little bit, it petered down where he was getting injuries. And he's been injured in the playoffs, too. I'm just looking at regular season. Um, and then now that the league has kind of gone away from that, you know, you got grinders and tough guys out there side. He hasn't gotten injured as much. But also, um, he, he played his first, actually, full 82 game season in 2016-17 but stats aside Krejci is an amazing player could on some teams be that first line center uh, and actually was when Lucic and Horton uh, technically I suppose was the first line center when you had Lucic and Horton Um, and he if you just look at when he's bringing the puck into the offensive zone the game slows down it completely is in slow motion, it seems, for him. He's just so good with the puck on his stick, passing. Uh, but, like, you know, he's not some flashy dangler. He's not going to do, uh, at least very often, that move that Marshawn made to get that pass to Pasternak the other night, which I watched on replay for, like, 10 minutes. Um, but it, it, he's just an amazing playmaker in the league, and I don't think he fully gets the, uh, the credit he deserves. Not even just across the league, but even with Bruins fans. I mean, I think a lot of players recognize kind of sort of his value, but, I mean, like Chris said, he's been locking down that second line for a decade now. And I think, you know, it's it's kind of a cliche, but one of the signs of truly great players is that they elevate their teammates. And David Krejci is like the poster child of that. I mean, you talk about how they've had that second line right wing issue could you imagine what that issue would be like without David Krejci on that line? Oh, my God. I mean, the Bruins are, like any hockey team, when they're at their best, it's because of their depth, and David Krejci is the reason they have so much depth on that second line. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys are Corsi guys. We talked a little bit about this before, but his Corsi numbers are always pretty freaking good up there, definitely better than average. Um, he becomes an absolute monster in the playoffs. He's like a legend playoff David Krejci. 
He can turns it up when he means it. He can win the big game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I really, you know, for as much love as Patrice Bergeron gets and earns, uh, he does overshadow David Krejci a little bit. And that's not to knock Bergeron at all, obviously. I mean, Bergeron is a saint in every, you know, meaning of the word. But, uh, you know, David Krejci just consistently has flown under the radar. And he deserves a lot more love for everything he does. But, Drew, that point you had about him just slowing down the game, it's so true. And it's something that Jack Edwards points out once in a while on Nesson. But um, especially in the offensive zone, his ability to just really distribute the puck and slow things down is just absolutely outstanding to watch. It's like if you put Pavel Datsuk on, like, .75 speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. But, just took a video of him and, like, slowed it down a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. He, yeah. It's just amazing to watch Krejci with the puck, honestly. And he doesn't even need to look down at it. He can just have his, his eyes on the ice, uh, basically 360 degrees, <laughs> and he's still dribbling that puck, which is – so hard to do uh yeah. like if you don't play i mean i don't play hockey but you know i play a little bit of street hockey <laughs> hey <laughs> it, that's it, it, like this guy's drew meet him in the streets <laughs> um or you know just in my driveway because that's really, um, <laughs> i'm a good rollerblader not so good on skates um good skier though anyway what i was saying <laughs> is it looks way easier when you're watching the nhl than it actually is to just have that puck on your stick and keep it away from defenders flicking their stick out there. And uh, he just makes it look so easy. And he, he can slow down the tempo when the, when the game is just, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just takeaways and giveaways all over the place. He can slow it down. He can slow down an offensive possession. And I think that's what leads to a lot of the success that happens when he's on the ice is his ability to just slow down the game. Absolutely. Uh, this, I guarantee it, will not be our last David Krejci rant. I, we'll just wait until the next time he does something crazy, which will probably yeah. be soon. Ch- a Charlie Coyle rant Ch- a Charlie Coyle rant coming up when uh, when we overshadow how important he is by talking yeah. about uh, Patrice David Bergeron Cre- and David Krejci too <laughs> much. Uh, which I think, uh, we kind of mentioned this last week, but I, I'm a big Charlie Coyle guy. Big oh, Charlie great guy. signing because he is he is your insurance for both Krejci and and Bergeron. Like yeah. I think he could, I think he can easily center either of those two lines. I don't know if he elevates that second line as much as Krejci does, but y- you put him between two stellar players like Pasta and, and Marchand, like yeah, he's going to be totally fine. I mean, that was definitely one of the uh, best deals I think that Sweeney has made in his time with Boston so far. Oh, for sure. And I think a lot of people just were kind of like, okay. Like, yeah, Coyle's cool. He's this guy in Minnesota, and he's all right. But he he's I, – I thought when they made that trade, I was like, this is the guy they're kind of looking for. Like, it's kind of mm-hmm. like a – somewhat of what they hoped Bacchus would be, you know, just that guy that has that physical presence but is also very good offensively. And obviously Bacchus – was losing 50% of that. <laughs> and But, yeah, I think Coyle was, like, a perfect fit when they made that trade. Um, and it's really working out this season. He was good last season, but this season, when you see this full season yeah. with him, it's just... Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was weird when the the issues have long been on the wing and, he, and Sweeney went out and got two centers, but 
hey, worked out. The Bruins have a long history of converting centers to wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, oh, yeah. Coyle's gr- doing – I mean, he's good on the wing too, but he's been doing great centering that, that third line. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken too, today, which is Thursday when we record, is actually, I believe, the one-year anniversary of that trade. So – I guess we Sick. timed it well. Happy yeah. anniversary, guys. So, hell yeah, hell, hell yeah boys. <laughs> Welcome back to, again to Boston, Charlie Charlie Coyle. <laughs> but, um, all right, now should we get into the week ahead? Are we ready now? Or do we have any more takes that we want to throw it. on the table? All right, so. Takes are on the table. The Bruins are continuing. <laughs> West Coast road trip <laughs> continues. Sorry. Canada. <laughs> Canada uh, with Calgary, Vancouver, and then Calgary again. Uh, an interesting set of games coming up. Vancouver's stronger than they've been the last couple of years. Calgary, uh, also a team that's pretty dangerous despite their minus 10 goal differential, which really surprised me. Um, how are you guys feeling about the week? I'll just be straight up about it. How do you feel? Um, I think a big thing to realize is that, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, the West is super tight. I, I mean, the East is too, but, I mean, you see the Bruins and Tampa up top in the division, and it's kind of like you're not worried too much about falling to third or the wild card. Um, Calgary is in a wild card position right now uh, with 68 points, I believe, yes. And right behind them is Arizona with 68, technically tied as of you know the recording date. Winnipeg was 67, Nashville 65. Um, and they're within two points, like I said, as the date of we're recording of that third position in the Pacific. Meanwhile, Vancouver has 70 points. So they're within a couple games of slipping into that wild card position. So these games for these teams, Vancouver and Calgary are huge and you can, you just got to expect them to be bringing everything they got. Um, which is why I think they're dangerous. I think. You know, you could be facing a team that's at the top of the conference. Uh, like you look at St. Louis, which it's still close, but 76. If you look at like a game against Washington or Pittsburgh, who are top of their division by uh, quite a bit, um, you know, it, it's kind of dangerous. But if you look at these teams who are basically in desperation mode, you got to watch out. The Bruins got to be on their A game because, you know, these teams are going to be bringing I, I, it's kind of cliche, but given 110 percent of the effort. Uh, yeah, the the Flames have been interesting recently. Uh, they've scored six, three, six, four, and six goals. Oh wait, goes back even one game further. So six, six, three, six, four, six in their last six games. So uh, obviously, a team that can throw the puck on net and can score a little bit and they're kind of on fire uh, oh i was gonna make that it. pun <laughs> um, i was waiting to I, jump in with it if so, i wasn't sipping go. beer while you were saying that i would have <laughs> i'm glad we all have an equally shitty sense of humor so <laughs> <laughs> i hope everybody listening also has that shitty sense of humor we just had a bunch of people um, tune out yeah so so two games against those flames that's that's something to watch out for um they're they're missing mark Giordano so I mean there there was talk that he could be coming back on the road trip but I'm, I'm assuming he'll be out for those two games um Vancouver missing Brock Besser for the rest of the year but they just got Tyler Toffoli we'll see what that brings um I, I think they're two pretty good teams 
I have no prediction for this. You could lose all three of them. You could win one. You could win two. You could win all three. It's hockey. It's weird. <laughs> I, I, think I hope you learned something by listening to this. Personally, I'm just <laughs> personally I'm just gonna say four points because, um, well, I'd love to see them win all three. I think they're gonna split with Calgary, and I think they're gonna squeak out against Vancouver. I I think I'm with you on that, Drew. I think especially with another back to back, it's always tough. Um, Vancouver, I will say, is pretty strong at home. Among the best teams in the NHL on home ice, not quite up there with Boston or Tampa or some of the more elite teams from what we've seen so far this season. Um, but yeah, I think I think four out of six is really what you're going for here, especially with how well you've been playing. Um, you don't necessarily need wins. I mean, you have Tampa Bay on your tail a little bit, and obviously uh, looking ahead a little bit more, the President's Trophy, like we mentioned last week, is something you're aiming for, but it's not something that you absolutely need. Like like Drew said, you're pretty solid at this point in the top two positions. It would be very, very surprising to see them fall down mm-hmm. uh, to that third spot. So, I, you know, there's a little bit... I don't want to say there's not urgency because you really can't let your feet off the gas, but this is a type of year where you can... You have to be careful not to be complacent, I guess, because you're not quite in that upswing toward the playoffs yet where you're really getting yourself ready for playoff hockey. But you're also safe enough at the top that you don't really have to worry about falling out. So, um, but again, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks has not at all been complacency. This is a team that's kept its foot on the gas, and has done really well with that. So, all in yeah. all, I think four points is a fair thing to hope for, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll hope for that or whatever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was like Chris, a, like get your like predictions a, fuck out of here. Yeah, of all the things. Right so. Predictions are are dumb, but one of the things I do believe in in hockey is momentum. Um, it, it seems, and we, and we've seen it with the Bruins at points over the last I don't know eight years or so, where if you lose that momentum going into the playoffs and you back in, even if you had started off with a really nice base of points and you back into those playoffs, you can get absolutely demolished in that first or second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it's ugly. I mean, we saw it with Tampa Bay where they got out to this huge points lead exactly. and then get absolutely blown out of the water by Columbus. So th- that is something I absolutely believe in is having some sort of momentum. How to actually create that? No real idea. But like you said, Cam, keep your foot on the gas and maybe that's <sighs> how. Exactly. Just always have momentum. Never stop. <laughs> I'll mention one off note thing uh especially bruins uh bruins wise because i know cam has to go to some school meeting and yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <sucks>. <laughs> yeah always use that voice true very very so, nice uh, it's, it's is, um, so <laughs> all right so florida is currently in the third position the atlantic toronto is out of uh out of the playoffs right now um, forever recording date they've been banned Thursday. it's weird yeah no it's super weird but i i just thought that was worth mentioning for the uh the bruins fans out there which i assume all of you are if you're actually listening to this so. i have another kind of random throw in here before we close up um not necessarily bruins related but i guess boston related sort of but uh this saturday is the 40th anniversary of the miracle on ice um, I know as a hockey fan, probably everybody knows what that is. 
you guys are probably just as big a nerds about this as I am. I mean, I've I literally think I can quote the entire movie of Miracle. Like I could watch actually, it on mute. And I actually I played in that mind. game. Yeah, Chris actually played in it. <laughs> hey, check out his stats. Uh, he went by an old name, Michael Ruzioni, back in the time. Game-winning goal, whatever. That was also um, his name at Cowboy Con. At Cowboy Con, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but real quick, uh, shout-out to that team. I mean, that I think has inspired so many players, uh, you know, kids to play hockey, things like that. Um, just also created what I think is the best sports movie of all time. Yeah. I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but, I mean, obviously we're biased as hockey fans, but... Um, you know, whenever you're feeling down in the dumps, I just go back and watch the Miracle highlights. Also, one of the all-time legendary calls from Al Michaels, not only for the, the Miracle call, obviously, that, like, got him so much attention, but leading into the game, the little monologue he has is absolutely phenomenal. I highly recommend you go back and watch that. It's actually included in Miracle, so if you've seen Miracle, then you've listened to that. But one of the reasons Al Michaels is one of my favorite broadcasters yeah, ma- amazing movie. I actually only learned a, like a couple of years ago that it was it was Disney. Um, so I guess if you get I Disney know, yeah. Plus, you can get. It. Um, Ooh, but it was on Netflix for a while too. I think they probably took it off now that Disney Plus is a thing. But uh, just torn it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't Ducks, say that. Uh, Never mind. Who was that? <laughs> Mighty Ducks movies also uh, Disney. If you didn't know. Oh, I knew that. Big time. Of course, My, uh, Mighty Ducks was Disney. <laughs> Shout out to my brother who actually got me a Conway jersey for Christmas this year. It was super sweet. I'm oh, yeah, Kim, you, you tweeted out the uh, <laughs> you tweeted out the uh, the NHL thing like hockey player who got you into hockey or whatever. And, yeah. Like all that. I very seriously considered putting Jesse Hall. So <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. That's good. I think they were asking for an NHL player who actually existed. So no, I, I think you should have. Like, why not? If that's I went with that's Timo the honest Solani truth, you know? because I I was a uh, I I wouldn't say I was a Ducks fan growing up, but like watching the Mighty Ducks, I was like, oh, I'm gonna play as the Mighty Ducks on every NHL video game now. I'd, I'd yeah. have to go with because uh, I didn't do that, but Sergei Samsonov <laughs> was my favorite when I was young. His um, name came up for me actually. Sergei, yeah, I, I met Sergei it. Samsonov one time, which I think is really? a story for episode four, but. Yeah, my, along uh, with my user. my number, my number two would have been uh, Ray Bork. Um, oh, that, well, yeah, that, yeah, never that mind. Was a, That's number one. Fuck what I said. Yeah, that would have been a. Uh, I, so I was also kind of like an Avs fan for a bit, just after they traded him to to the Avs uh, for those two years, and and it was really cool getting to see him win a cup. I have the Avs Stanley Cup championship on VHS. Like I have, I have the whole game, but I also have like the whole season that like the NHL puts together for them. Oh, also, yeah. the the Dallas Stars, because during that time, you know, the Bruins hadn't won a cup in a while. My parents were like, "You like hockey here?" So, okay, I'm cool. also looking yeah, to. Yeah, sure. I'm looking to pick up a Kale McCarr Abs jersey also because uh, UMass guy. Not I, I took a class at UMass, so I'm basically a UMass guy. <laughs> UMass guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go Kale McCarr oh, yeah, that's, that's my hometown that's my hometown team uh, real quick one more thing I gotta throw in before I leave as Drew mentioned I do have to take off a little early from recording today which sucks um, should I tell him I've been slugging beers before <laughs> yeah probably we also got in uh, basically an hour episode so yeah real no, quick that's true after you, you that's true leave, so. real quick gotta throw this in uh, so obviously we've been sharing the shit out of this podcast my dad calls me this weekend and he's like hey you know Really enjoying that you guys are doing great, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I got a problem with it, though. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. What's this? 
And he's like, so you're talking about your favorite beers, and you mentioned the Victory Sour Monkey. And he's like, I was the one who introduced you to that. You didn't give me any fucking credit for it. <laughs> and he, he was he was not happy. So I want to just real quick put it on the record. Shout out Kurt Hasbrook, former goalie for Troy High. Also broke his femur playing men's league, which I'll get into another time because it's a crazy story. Uh, but real sh- quick shout out to him for introducing me to my favorite beer of all time. Sorry, Pops. I should have I put it out there for the world to hear. But... Uh, Take Kurt's recommendation. Sour Monkey is great, or you'll hate it, in which case, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I forget exactly the context, but I remember my dad saying, you need to do more research. I think it was about beer, but he was like, you need to do more research. And I was like, wow, do you, do you hate oh, this? Shout out to uh, Beer Advocate coming out with their top 100 breweries this past week, by the way. Uh, seven San Diego breweries on there. Uh, two well two as- New England in the top the top four. Yeah, I think two Massachusetts in the top four. Yeah, it was Massachusetts, yeah. And then yeah, a, a couple of Allagash was like 36. Jack's Abbey shit. also on there, another Massachusetts brewery. Right, Cam's got to go, so let's wrap it up. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. Yeah. All right, somebody think of a nice closer because I got to run. <laughs> all right, thank you for watching. And Love you, boys. That's the way it happened. Damn, that's Walter Cronkite or something. Ah, uh, fuck. Uh, thank uh, you for listening. I said thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank, thank you for eating. <laughs>